Hello, everybody, and welcome back to BNB Chats, episode nine. <laughs> today we have a very special guest with us today.、Um, one of my friends from undergrad and one of Wafa's. What what did you call it? An asynchronous ex yes, lab mate. Asynchronous ex lab mate, <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that we were we worked at the same lab, but never at the same time. You guys missed each other by like a summer, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty close. I worked in like kind of the neighboring lab or like the connected lab the next summer, <laughs> so still missed every opportunity. But I hung out with Agatha. I love her. <laughs> yeah, and so here's Agatha. Hey guys,、um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a guest on a podcast, so this is fun and exciting. Yay! We're so glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. This is actually going to be a cross podcast because、mm-hmm. Agatha has her very own incredible podcast called The Mushroom. Great name. Yeah, great name, <laughs> great podcast. You have to check it out. All the links and everything will be in the. Little description thing of this podcast, and we're also going to be on her podcast, so make sure to check us out there. Yeah, yeah. check out that episode. It'll be fun. <laughs> I love these guys as much as your audience does, so <laughs> I'm sure you want to hear、sweet. even more of them. Aww. <laughs> so sweet. So Agatha's podcast,、um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Agatha, or if you want to give a. Splurge yourself, but it focuses a lot on your experiences that you've been through through life. You have like really awesome guests with your friends and coworkers,、um, but it seems like throughout it, there's this kind of theme of keeping a positive mindset about yourself and about what's going on in the world, and taking things in stride and making the best of different situations.、Um, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean. I have been on a journey this past year, as I'm sure all of us have.、Um, mm-hmm. But mine has sort of like started, I guess, when I like started going to therapy in the summer. And I think since then, like, it's only made my life better. And I'm trying to like like send that through the airwaves <laughs> to other people because I know therapy is like hard to afford for a lot of people, hard to like come by. So I'm like,、mm-hmm. if I can、yeah. help in any way. To move, like, to pass on all the things that I've learned that made my life easier to handle, and like, you know, because like life sucks and it's hard. But if you、yeah. can like <laughs> find coping strategies or more better mindsets, then you know it makes it that much better. I love that. I love that. And so with that, we thought we would take some of that energy and some of that topic onto our own podcast today. And maybe be a little bit deeper than even we've been on this podcast, and talk about kind of the way we handle our own situations and、um, our own mental health, and how our journey along that path has been. So, Sheshav, do you want to introduce the first question? Okay, so our first question,、uh, and this is going to be in the order of Agatha answering first, and then I'll ask Wafa, and then I'll answer myself.、Uh, and the first question is. Tell us about a time when you faced some sort of struggle,、um, something like more mental struggle, and how you handled it poorly. <laughs> We're really dragging ourselves through the mud today.、Uh, see, I can't even think of like one specific、uh, scenario, so I'll just say, like, 
I I have anxiety. Like I haven't been like diagnosed because going through the hoops of like diagnosis is like so difficult and I don't think it's even worth it. But my therapist, even though she can't diagnose me, she's like, you have anxiety. And I think through a lot of my life, because I didn't know I had it, it would manifest as like anger. So especially in times where like (laughs) I'm like on a trip or something, like some kind of big event is happening. And then my friends or family are like late for some reason being late, like really stresses me out. And I would just get angry. Like on, I went on a New York trip in grade 11 with my class. And then I was there with like my best friend at the time. She's still my best friend, actually. I shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Where's she now? (laughs) This is where she finds out. I know. (laughs) No, so uh, I was, my best friend was there with me. It was like our law school, I think, or law trip or history. I think it was humanities. And so we were all there in New York and it was so stressful. Literally half the class was, got lost on the subway with like all of the, somehow the teacher, um, like chaperones, there were three of them for like 20 kids. Uh, (laughs) All the teachers were with one half, and then the other half were alone <laughs> with the tour guide. Oh my Because we couldn't all fit on the subway, so they got cut off. And then our teachers were, like, freaking out that um, half the class is lost. Like, these are underage kids, like, oh lost in God. New York, literally. Like, the Home Alone too. <laughs> and I, And literally, like, my best friend was in that group that was lost, and there was no cell service in the subway. So we can, like, call them or text them. And I was, like, freaking out. I was with a few other, like, classmates. And I was like, oh, my God, what if they die? Like, literally, my brain is, like, worst case scenarios. Like, what if they get kidnapped? What if they die? What if, like, a terrorist attack happens and we're not there, you know? Oh, no. And then finally, we're, like, we got reunited. Because they at least they were with the tour guide who knows New York City. So we met and everything was fine. But then, like... That whole trip, like, I was just, like, angry for no reason because we had, like, a schedule and itinerary and, like, looking back, I could have handled it so well, but I didn't know that I had these, like, issues, so I didn't know that I should be handling it better. It was just kind of, like, this is it, like, I'm angry, and then I made the Mm -hmm. trip kind of suck for everyone else, and that happens, that would happen so many times throughout my life, like, I would just make trips suck for everyone around me, because I'm angry that we're not sticking to the schedule. (laughs) Now I know, so now I'll be able to handle it better, but at, like, all those times, so many trips wasted, because I'm just pissed off. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I cannot explain how much I resonate with that. (laughs) I'm I'm literally the same. I hate when we're late. I hate when things go off exactly what you said off schedule it it drives me insane as though like the world is gonna end mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm much better at it now but I do like every time it happens I actively try to you know just be like it's okay it's okay like everything that's happening is important and has to happen and things will keep going and the world won't end but yeah oh my gosh I resonate so much with that <laughs> Literally, like, I, I found that I think not having a schedule has helped me be more flexible, you know, which is oh, kind wow. of the opposite of what you'd expect someone who's very type A. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think like going in being like, okay, we're going to do what we feel like doing at the time. And that's that's the schedule is to not have a schedule. <laughs> and then everyone <laughs> is chill and it's fun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> 
Wafa, would you like to say your story? Yeah, um, I can go next. So mine was a big situation that happened, I guess now a year and a half ago, or or no, maybe even two years ago now. Um, but it was as every pre med has is was not getting into med school at the time of my fourth year. And I think that I handled it fine the year before that when I didn't get in. But this time, I it was, I think, a big start to my own journey with my mental health. Um, I was talking to Shejov before this pot, before we started recording about which of the many options I should choose for this for this particular question. And I was kind of justifying to myself that, oh, I think I handled it fine. Like, I think I got a job. I got three jobs that year. <laughs> and I, like, you know, did projects and did stuff. And I think you said something that, that really made me stop and think. And I really appreciate that. But you just said being productive doesn't mean you're handling something well. Oh, and, my God. That's so true. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it like struck a chord and I realized that that's I I equate being productive to being okay so much I always place so much value on what is the outcome of whatever I'm doing um like like in the year that I didn't get in whatever I didn't get in but it was so much more of how do I make this year still useful and for me useful was like making money And I did, I did try getting jobs that were still like relevant to my field and um, stuff like that. But then like crazy stuff started happening. Um, Like I got, I was almost hired to be like a ghost writer for a researcher at one point. You were hired. You got the job. You had to, you had to quit. I quit. Wait, researchers have ghost writers? We didn't know either. I did not know this. I went in. This is wild. I went in for this interview for this researcher i'm not gonna say like where and who they were but stop (laughs) somewhere there somewhere in toronto (laughs) um but literally they were like yeah we need help um writing a bunch of papers that my lab is putting out but just so we're totally clear like you won't really get credit for them you would just get paid minimum wage wow and the interview process was really extensive. Like It was very extensive. Like I had to write essays for them in order for them to hire me or gauge your me. writing ability. Do you need a science background for that? Or is it like a writing background? I guess um, you don't. It was no, I mean she I shouldn't no, they <laughs> no no one knows anything about anyone. <laughs> they wanted um you to have uh like a somewhat of bachelors are pursuing some sort some sort of a science bachelors because this was a scientific project yeah. um and then you were going yeah, to be I getting paid the language oh. yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah. but it just like the whole thing seemed so predatory and i'm glad i said no once they like offered me the job but like uh, but yeah like that's what my mindset was that was my goal and i yeah i <laughs> just i think that I was very productive during that year but it was a year where I didn't pay attention to my own mental health I kept putting it aside even though honestly I was probably really really depressed that year Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I started going to therapy um that I started talking about those feelings and it it was me and Shejav talking about 
how I was I really wanted to learn off of him being in med school, but how that placed like pressure on everything. And yeah, it, it was a situation that I was very productive in, but I don't think I handled it well in terms of my mental health. That's really tough. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way as well that when when you're doing stuff if you're like able to hold conversations and and like have some good laughs and you know produce work that you're still functioning that you're still okay it's mm-hmm. just we're in such an important time of like human history where like mental health and talking about it isn't normalized everywhere um but i think like 100 years down the line it's going to become as easy as going in for like a normal doctor's checkup which, I would hope it's faster than a hundred years, Shasha. No, I mean, I just mean to say that, like, that's like some number. Hopefully, at that no, point, yeah, it's going to yeah. be super normal. Yeah. I would imagine. I think, thinking optimistically, I would imagine it's like by the time we have kids, I would hope our kids are more. Um, that may be a hundred years from now, too. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Freeze your eggs now. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think 2020, like the pandemic, has really made people stop and think like am i really happy right mm-hmm. or have i just been masking it behind productivity this whole time yes now you have to stop and be like well i can't be productive you know like we had that few months at the beginning where it's like you literally can't do anything you actually have to stop and look yourself in the face and be like am i happy <laughs> yeah i i totally agree and that was when i realized that okay if i don't have all three jobs at this very moment, if I have like half of one that I can continue remotely, then what am I actually doing? Like, what am I still interested in? Or what am I passionate about doing? And yeah, it was a big crumble. <laughs> Shesha, do you want to tell us your story? Yeah, yeah I'd love to. Um, so mine is kind of also in line with um, like having goals and aspirations for yourself and then unfortunately not being able to meet them for whatever circumstance. But mine's from a little bit um, earlier in my life. Uh, when I was applying for different undergraduate programs in grade 12, um, there was one that I had my eyes set on. Like I really, really, really wanted that one. Um, and for, for whatever reason, in that year, I just, not for whatever reason, I, I'm pretty sure I know the reason at this point now, I was just kind of coasting through high school. It was, it for me, I was privileged enough that the material vibed with me that it was easy. I could just kind of not do any homework, not show up to any of my classes, hang out with my friends and do music and sports and whatever and still get A's and it didn't matter. But that was a very like toxic relationship with my academics at the time. Um, and it led to me not getting accepted into that program, which was like a huge wake up call because that was the first time when I hadn't just gotten something in my academic career without, or, or I hadn't been able to achieve it. Um, and it felt like it was a huge hit on my personal being, like my identity of myself, like during that full year, the first year, um, it was really tough. I had, I ended up failing my first um, chemistry <laughs> test, getting like a 40 on it or something. Um, and I've just become into a dark place. I threw myself into the, like the, the varsity track team and tried to like stay involved in music. I tried to do the same thing that you did in like high school where you're doing music and you're doing track and you're doing or, or like sports and you're doing um, academics and like doing everything and trying to do good at it. It just wasn't possible anymore. And the more 
impossible it became, the more I felt like I had to do it even harder to prove to myself, to my family, because I just had to do well. And it was just such a... (laughs) When it all fell apart, it was really, really bad because then I had to quit the track team because I was just pushing myself to physical limits that just I was having poor sleep. I was like vomiting when we were in track practices because we would have like 20, 25 hour track practices for like per week. Um, I was failing in class and just didn't have a really positive relationship with my family. I was still able to like hold conversations and at least in my eyes, I didn't think I was making it seem like anything was wrong, but a lot was wrong. It was only after I had a real conversation with myself um, and like people around me, like what were my goals that I was able to kind of dial back and kind of recognize at some point that you are not the protagonist of everyone's story around you. You're not that person who's going to change the world. And that's not to say in a negative way, like sure, everyone will change the world in some way, but you're not the one who's going to do whatever fantastical thing you have in your mind exactly the way you expect it to. We are all in some ways just these insignificant blips in the universe, Mm -hmm. blips of blips, and there's comfort in that. It means you can kind of throw yourself in that role and be okay with being not the best at everything. It's okay to be good at the very specific thing that you're good at because there's no other person who's like a a 19-year-old immigrant who's good at like whatever track and good at chemistry and blah, blah, blah. Like that's unique and that's special and that's the way you leave your mark in a way. And so coming to that realization was happened later on, but in that whole period before that, really, really poorly handled. (laughs) So that's my story. It's so interesting because that was, like I was there during that whole time and I, I didn't catch it. You were so... I don't, I don't want to say like good at masking what you were feeling, but there was so much going on that really you did. You made time for everything. And it seems like what got lost in all of that was your time for yourself. Like, yeah, which is just insane because you feel like you know someone and you're, you talk to them every day, multiple times a day, and you can just as easily have no idea what they're going through at that time. Yeah. Like I knew it was hard for you, but... It was only until a lot later when we discussed it that we realized, okay, whoa, that was something bad and that shouldn't happen again. I mean, it's hard to realize when even the person themselves doesn't realize it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think everyone should be like antennas up, always trying to probe for, are you okay? Because that would be exhausting. Yeah. In some ways, the person has to come to that realization themselves and then obviously everyone around them can be supportive and helpful. But yeah, we can't just be probing like, are you okay? No, but like, really, are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's the hardest part. But even even knowing, even seeing someone close to you that you love going through a hard time and then realizing that you can't really help them until they realize it, until they mm-hmm. want help. Like, that's also mm-hmm. tough. So even if you yeah. had recognized it, Wafa, like, I don't know if you could have done anything. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Well, yeah, that's all the doom and sadness apart. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about the one where we've had some sort of struggle and then we handled it well, you know, ending off on a good note. So Agatha, posing the question to you again. I feel like this is also tough 
because <laughs> <laughs> like the, it's all sort of like a work in progress i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think within the past year i would say i've been through like i think the toughest um the toughest point in my life like if if you don't know listen to my podcast episodes <laughs> like one and two i think um it was really tough and it's what drove me to like seek therapy but i think the way i handled it like it was a breakup it was a really really tough breakup from what i realize now was an emotionally and psychologically abusive relationship um and i think i still kind of have like ptsd from it and like not even saying that lightly like i really think i have ptsd um but throughout the year like i kind of and through therapy handled it the best that i could mm-hmm. um like working on myself and like even like dating a little bit like going on dating apps like very lightly um my therapist I I was like am I doing this too soon like am I ready for this and she's like honestly if it feels right do it and as soon as it doesn't feel right don't do it like get off the apps you can you don't owe anybody anything and I'm like you know what you're right just like talking to guys a little bit but then as soon as I'm not feeling it not talking to them anymore which is like ghosting which is bad but (laughs) I think I think when someone ghosts you this is a a tangent but when someone ghosts you don't take it personally because they're going through a lot of stuff um their own stuff like like how Sheshav said like you don't know what someone is going through you know Mm -hmm. so literally don't take it personally if you're ghosted there's so much that you don't know about that person you know and it's not you it's like almost a hundred percent not you um but yeah, I've been like rediscovering myself because the in my relationship I had sort of like tunnel vision on this person and I had stopped like doing anything besides seeing them because it was this sort of emotional drain, you know? Like he was very unhappy and I think I was I was hyper focused on making him happy because I had realized, like, we were so happy, like, what happened? And then let me just focus on getting back to that happy place. And then I stopped all my hobbies. I stopped literally doing anything besides thinking about how I can make him happy in my spare time. Even, like, school. Like, not even spare time. Like, time that I should be focusing on school and work was spent thinking, like, oh, we should do this for a date. We should do this. Like, what? Why isn't he, like, letting me meet his friends like even like stuff like that like oh I should be like this kind of person then he would like me better yeah and I forgot who I was like this was a two and a half year relationship almost three I literally forgot who I had been I forgot like what hobbies I had so I had been rediscovering this throughout the year I like started a podcast um (laughs) I like started making candles in my free time I started doing yoga like I started focusing on me and this has been wild like I haven't focused on me this hard ever (laughs) and it's fun like it's crazy like like whenever people would be like oh what are your hobbies I wouldn't be able to think of anything before and now I'm like oh this 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 like it 
it sounds so like mundane, but I think just living life (laughs) instead of jumping into a new relationship. um, Not that that's bad. Like if it's good for you, it's good. But I think I have I had to heal and I'm still healing. Mm -hmm. And that has been really good for me, I think. That's amazing. That was a huge tangent. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that was very relevant. I was very on point. Um, I think it's uh, what you said when you started this whole thing is I think the key point that if anyone is taking anything away from this, which obviously it's not meant to be like a preachy thing, but um, I think it's always going to be a journey until we stop existing or until we, you as a person die. Because, um, I mean, I would love if you could tell me if you figured out you've reached your nirvana, like, how did you get there? Take me with you. (laughs) Um, But I don't think anyone ever really like becomes completely in equilibrium until much later in their life. No, and everyone's journey is so different. I think in like 10 years, I'll look back and I'll be like, oh, I could have handled this so much different. Mm -hmm. Even though right now I'm like, I handled it well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I agree and and that's like even what it was with my previous story in the moment I was like I'm doing great I'm being so productive and I'm like not to at all say that that's what you're doing because I think what you're doing is awesome and so incredible but hindsight is always so different than how we think about situations when we're in the moment mm-hmm. I think okay um for me I totally agree a situation mine's not even actually a situation I think it's more so of a realization that I had um which I guess is also kind of evidenced by what I said earlier is that I think I have a very strong external locus of control like I I don't really what is that yeah so it's something that I've still been working on but an external locus of control is like you're waiting and you depend on others or the universe or events that happen outside of what happens in your own mind and your own self to gain happiness from. So however, however upset that I was um, not getting into medical school, I think one of the big things that got me out of it was getting in. And that's an external thing that happened. I didn't start feeling better or start really pursuing mental health as a focus out of my own um just out of my own mind and that's totally honest it happened because I got in I felt happy and that made me realize oh whoa I was not happy before and it was the trigger of something like external happening that that told me to focus on myself and and you know start getting therapy and start talking about the issues that I have and like since then as you mentioned Agatha like my therapist obviously can't diagnose me with anything but we've had conversations about what is like low-grade OCD and what is anxiety and depression and how those all of those things could have been playing a role but it's something that has helped me understand that okay I recognize very clearly I'm a very I'm very driven by results and I'm very driven by um things that end up happening to me and so building that internal locus of control making sure that I can make myself happy rather than waiting for someone else to has been um again not maybe something that I've already handled well and that I've reached that goal but I think a positive step that I've been taking over the past few months 
um, to hopefully make my entire life situation better, my own mental health better as we move forward. And I think also a big trigger was the realization that life is never going to be any less busy than it is right now. It's only going to get busier and busier and busier and more and more complex. And that if I don't have the tools in my kit to manage my own mental well-being now, that I'm going to get screwed over later. And that while I still may get screwed over later, not making an effort right now is just setting myself up for potentially failing at that. So um, I think like breaking down the stigma that that which is hard because I don't think it was ever placed on me like I really commend my parents for never making it like a bad thing um even when I told them that okay I need help with like submitting my insurance documents because of the therapist that I'm seeing right there was never any oh why it was very very supportive and I think that once I took that step I was lucky enough to have that reciprocated back to me so um yeah, I think I'm rambling now, but but I think like starting that journey was a positive step and something that I think I've been um, handling pretty well and learning more myself about. Yeah, I would say so. It sounds like you're handling it really well. <laughs> I still get stressed when people are late, though, so I haven't solved that <laughs> issue. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I also agree with that last bit that you said about your parents being a lot more agreeable to it than what you expected than the image of them not agreeing with it that you had in your mind because oftentimes you think that other people are going to be judgmental and you know what some people are going to be judgmental but a lot more people are going through the same thing as you and are going to um almost not only just support you but maybe you're the catalyst that they needed to make themselves reach out so if for whatever reason you're not even doing it for yourself, do it for someone else too. I mean, just get help for someone else. Mm-hmm. That that's such a good point. the The biggest um, reason that I even saw therapy as an option in my lowest point was because my sister had started therapy like two mm-hmm. years before me, and she was like the first person that I knew of, like close to me, to do it. And it was such a big deal at the time. Because I think there was so much stigma, especially like before 2020. Mm -hmm. And my parents were kind of against it. Not against it, but they were like hesitant because there's a stigma of like, oh, it means we were bad parents. We didn't do our job, you know? And her like actually being like, no, I need this. Like, if I don't do this, like bad things will happen. And her finally doing it and then going through it and then me seeing the positive results in her really made that stigma sort of go away from me and then I was able to see therapy as an option when I was like at my lowest point ever and that was like this like light that I was like everything is dark around me but that's my option and it was like I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that I totally agree. It's just the idea, right? That if by talking out loud about it and by being vulnerable, even if you can change one person's mind about something, then that's one person that you potentially saved and did something good for. So why not talk about it? And yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I I hope that stigma breaks down. And as you mentioned, Shaysha, if we can go talk about mental health and go see um, specialists, just like we would go to the emergency room when we break our leg. 
right? Yeah. Exactly. And hopefully that's soon. <laughs> yeah, not a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Shreshav, do you want to tell your story? I, I did uh, start talking about it a little bit um, when I was talking about my bad, how I dealt with it poorly, about coming to like a an understanding between your insignificance in the world um, and not having it bear down on you, but rather using it to empower the fact that you don't have to be perfect in every sense of the world. Um, but another really big thing that um, I... I guess personally and with the help of um, everyone around me was able to achieve was having a really, really strong um, support system. I think another thing that um, helped pull me out from my, like, I guess, very isolated and hard on myself state in my first year of undergrad was, well, during that time I was very lonely. Like I didn't really have any friends um, in school. I would just go to class I would go to track practice, I'd get picked up from the bus station at uh, like 10.30 at night, come home, go to sleep, and then do it all again on another day. It was becoming very much like what you'd expect, like the definition of, oh, we're just going to the rat race. It was just like things were happening, my life was passing by, and it didn't feel right. And at the same time, when you're, I mean, I still think that we have so much to learn in this life, but when you're in a position when everyone around you is like, oh, this is your supposed to be your time of your early 20s and your late teens. You're supposed to be having super fun. Like, it's the best time. You're going to think back on these. And then you're thinking like, wait, I'm not living any of that. Mm -hmm. I realized later on, like it was actually, um, Agatha, it was at our um, course, the UTM 290 course that mm -hmm. really kind of was the turning point for me, I think. Back to the numbers. I have dealt with this for literally <laughs> yeah. the past five years. It would just be like, oh yeah, Chem 375. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm going to explain it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but okay, yeah. So we had this course of like 13 or so students and we were, it was like a research methodology course. We were supposed to be first creating a project and then actually going to the Bahamas and um, in San Salvador and actually carrying out a research project. So it was super duper cool because it was like field work, practical. Literally, that was like one of the highlights of my life. Mm -hmm. I think back to it all the time. And it was only a week, but... Exactly. I can't believe yeah. it was one week. week? It was you know, one it week. It felt like a month. I know. It was so fun. Yeah. But I think there I realized the importance of like... If some like I, I feel like I'm a very talkative person, an energetic person, and I needed people around me to help bounce that off so that it would come back on me again as well. I didn't feel like I was able to energize myself because the people around me, I, I wasn't surrounding and having myself make like deep connections. But after that trip, I realized, you know what, Wafa, you were just one person. <laughs> Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I just mean like, like, honestly, a relationship is great, but you need more than that. You can't rely on one person. Yeah. And especially it, it also makes that person feel a lot of pressure and burden to like be everything for you as well. Yeah, what she you said. You need friends. <laughs> what Agatha just said. Perfectly in eloquent words. No, I understand. I was just teasing you by raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think after that, it was really like a positive um, turning point in my life where I started to actually open up to my friends and like 
we started hanging out outside of school. It wasn't just let's do some organic chemistry practice. Like we were just doing fun things together now. And um, that really, really, really helped um, me gain a better appreciation for my own importance in myself, like to make myself feel like I'm actually worth something to these people around me. So I must mean something. So that was my way of like, I guess, positively using my own external locus of control, like taking comfort in meaning something for other people and using that to carry me forward. But yeah. Can I just say like, that is shocking to hear because when I met you in that course, I just assumed that this was you, like that you've always been like so friendly, so outgoing. And I was just like a new friend of yours, you know, like, like I, I've just been introduced to this like outgoing extroverted guy who has so many <laughs> friends and I'm just one of the, the new ones, you know. But I think you have always been super extroverted and outgoing. Yeah. So it's shocking that that was like such a turning point. I thought I was just entering into something that's already been happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe it was always happening, but I, I was never able to make deep connections. Like when I would go to the class, it would just be like a thousand person lecture hall or 400 person lecture hall. You don't really talk to anyone there. You just, I yeah. would sit in the front. People around me are just sitting there too. We're taking notes. And then we go home and we write a test. Like, yeah, sure. There's like occasional person who you like kind of have a single tear right before an exam. And then you look at them like, hey man, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Good luck. And then that's it. That's all you got. <laughs> but yeah, no, that trip allowed us to kind of bond outside and have, like, recreational time. Um, Honestly, it was huge. Like, I yeah. made some of, like, my deepest friendships on that trip. Good trip. 10 out of 10 would do again. Playing Mafia until, like, 4 a.m. when we have to get <laughs> up at 7. <laughs> well, we got in trouble. I know. Yeah, Mark and Paul did not, were not happy with us. Anyways, this is, the time, this is a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should bring back, like like bahamas people for an yeah. episode <laughs> <laughs> like thomas cool. jonathan yeah that'd be fun um yeah so that's pretty much everything we wanted to talk about today um agatha thank you so much for being on this episode and sharing such personal things with us and all of our listeners and all of your listeners i think it's important like you said I think we all agree with that, that um, talking openly about it is the first step towards eventually making this a very normalized thing. Like if someone had a fracture, you ask them, are you okay? And so in the same way, if we're all dealing with something, it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. If I can also say like, especially now that it's still the pandemic and stuff, I think the importance of just reaching out to people that you may not see every day, I think has just become so much more important shooting someone a text if you haven't spoken to them in a while to just be like hey how are you doing or hey do you want to catch up like let's let's get on to a zoom call right i think that i think that helps people a lot and when you actually put in the offer you realize that okay i do have time for it i do have time to take out an hour for my friends or for my family and even though like it may not seem that way if you're just caught up in your everyday life. So I think reaching out and saying hi to someone you haven't spoken to in a while would be really nice. So maybe we can task the people who are listening to do that. <laughs> Reach out to one person. Mm -hmm. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, Wafa, it's your turn this time for the dream. The dream. <laughs> 
god, to be completely honest, <laughs> I forgot that this was my turn to think of a dream. Um, and I was like throughout this episode trying to think about, okay, what did I dream about last night? What did I dream about last night? And actually, I, I, I don't think I'm going to do a very long dream. It was pretty quick, actually. And the reason why I even had this dream is because recently a lot of people um, or a lot of medical students who are graduating in 2021, um, they matched to their residency positions. And so I've been hearing that a lot. And um, right before going to bed, now that I'm thinking about it, I was reading someone's post of someone who matched into the specialty that they wanted and where they wanted. And I had this dream very, very vividly that Cheshav, you were trying to match to Queens for, I won't say it out loud, but like the program that you wanted (laughs) that isn't available at the school that I go to <laughs> and you were trying and trying and trying and people were like oh you can't do it and you're just like no I can do it let me do it <laughs> and you yeah, were trying like <laughs> you were just like trying your best to push your way through but it didn't exist like the opportunity <laughs> for you to be able to do what you wanted to do didn't like was not there and I kept trying to convince you of that of like it's not it's not your fault you're it's not your fault. You just cannot physically be here. And it was, yeah, that was my dream. And honestly, I don't remember how it resolved, but I remember just freaking out because you were freaking out. And then. That's frustrating. Wow. It was I can so be frustrating. frustrating. <laughs> I feel like yes, that's relevant is... to the topic of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, I, I think we've been having those conversations a lot and just. That's a whole other thing that we will deal with in the future. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will handle it just fine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much again, Agatha, for being here. Really appreciate your time and just coming to chat with us. I loved it. I haven't we haven't spoken to you in a while, so or at least I haven't. So it was nice catching up with you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for having me, and I love the podcast. So keep yeah. doing it. <laughs> and be sure to check out the mushroom it's it's really really good the link will be in the description yeah okay well bye for now everyone bye bye